Hey friends, welcome to the all new version of Napcast, a podcast co-hosted and produced by Nick and Mike, two male early childhood educators of color. What is this all about? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever uttered the words, I just want to listen and learn more? Then hey, you've come to the right place. This podcast is all about taking risks, leaning into your imagination, and, well, being as curious as we are about how we can dismantle racism, sexism, and all the ism in our early learning environments. Oh, and this is also a place where we can kind of sort of just get weird with it. Together, we'll listen to insights and feedback from various educators of color working with our world's youngest citizen in direct and indirect ways. Oh, just the thought of that should send chills down your spine. So, are you ready? Did you turn your headphones up? All right now. Good. Let's get it. So, Nick... Uh, well, we get to do this in person. This is this is fun. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Too early, if you ask me. It's been a lot of traveling, um, and so it's good to it's good to be back in Kosalish territory um, on the traditional lands of Shire. My name is Mike Brown. My pronouns are he, him. I I don't know what I am today. I feel like um, if you were a plant, what would you be today? If I was a plant, what would I be? Um, that's funny because I was just at an outdoor nature program and we were talking all about trees and plants and I'm like, wait, what would I be? Can I be algae? Algae? Yeah. 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 All right. They are. Uh, algae is an interesting thing because they're like between fungi and plants. Hmm. So they're kind of this in between. There you go. I just affect your body. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Name's Nick Taronis, as you know or may not know for if you're a first-time listener, and I pronouns are he, him, and I'm excited to be here. And I'm glad that you, you know, that we're able to do this now that the uh, the rain has cleared up all the smoke mm. in the air. You know, the water brought some cleansing elements, which I think is something we're going to dive into today. I like my water puns. There you go. <laughs> you like your water puns? Puns. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I was trying there. All right. Oh, oh I got it. Uh, there you go. Ding. Right over my head. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, water is is flowing within us and water is flowing between us. Um, and kind of reminds me, because I know you're avid. Uh, it's not Kung Fu, is it? Oh, I mean, I what? Yeah. Yeah, practiced a lot of kung fu. So this must resonate within you, between us. Mm-hmm. Got anything else to say to that? Well, the, <laughs> the water between us. Mm. That's well. I mean, everything around us, right? In our atmosphere, the air we breathe—it's all water. There's there's some sort of hydrogen-based molecule there. If you want to look at it through that perspective, and. You know, our bodies are made up of over 70% of water. Mm, mm -hmm. So I think that's that's a good segue because when we think about children, right, 
um, why do, I guess my question is, why do children want to be with, to play with, and to learn with water? Hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just that natural human draw to be with water. Um, it's something that, you know, that we know we need instinctually. And not only do we, you know, it's one of the, we've talked about various kinds of um, relationships. And this is one of those material relationships. And by material, I mean like the tangible. Yeah. And that relationship starts early, you know, as, as, as young human beings, because we're in that, uh, in the womb of our, of our birth givers that we are surrounded by all kinds of fluids and this, the main component of those fluids are water. So I think that there's really an intrinsic draw to being near water, you know, even, even native tribes that were, um, migrating or, uh, uh, you know, moving from one hunting ground to another and they were, or those that were in the desert, there was always, they had, you had to be sort of within distance, reasonable distance to water. Mm. So I think it's a natural way to, or a natural draw for us. But for children playing in water, I believe it's really just that they're still so close to birth than we were, or than we are as adults, that they have that just strong connection to water still because i do believe water is spiritual mm. yeah i do wonder about the spiritual aspect of water um the spirituality part of it not religion because those are two different things and like you said right we spend nine months typically right mm -hmm. um in in the womb and so uh, it's that comfort i'm you know, I'm projecting a little bit, right? <laughs> um, but it's that comfort, that that familiarity, that grounding, that liquid brings children as they were developing. Water also gives them really a different perspective on life. Think about the sound that it produces, the texture of it, the smell, and even the reciprocal properties because it provides life. It provides life to the plants, to the birds, to the world. And I also, I also imagine like children are thinking as they're playing with it, like how is it changing properties of things, right? How water can change their life. And also there's some higher level thinking going on about the dangers of water because water is powerful. It can sweep you away. You know, it, it can go down the wrong wrong pipe when you're drinking it, and that hurts, right? And so I feel like they have this understanding of it and are open to listening to the to the heartbeat of water. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I think that was all beautifully said, Mike. <laughs> well, what do you think it teaches us as adults? Uh, you know, this is probably going to sound – fluffy um i guess i've been hanging out in the in the wilderness too long uh but as we as we sit here at united indians of all tribe um in your office you know we're staring out at the puget sound behind us the sound in seattle that that leads out to the salish sea even at, even if you were to scoop it up right some of that water and you transport it somewhere else 
it's still part of the sea. It still has all of its properties. It doesn't stop being the sea or, or part of the Puget Sound just because it's not part of the larger body of water. And so I, I mirror that with us as adults, right? As adults, as we travel into different spaces, as we travel into di different circumstances, different uh, situations, we have to be the same. You know, we can't say we're anti-racist or anti-bias in the classroom with our children, but then not have those same orientation or perspective or um, engage in action and accountability when we're out at the grocery store. We can't say we believe in creating a safe and affirming environment, but then we don't do that in the streets. So I think water teaches me, in my opinion, that I have to show up the same. I have to be consistent, right? My properties can't change. I might be faster in some areas. I might be more still in some. Uh, I might grow and combine with water or, you know, I guess the, the tangible, like, human version of that is knowledge, right? Mm. I can combine and grow with more knowledge. But who I am fundamentally needs to be consistent. Yeah, I think it, everything you were saying there also reminded me, especially bringing, if we look at water, um, in relation to human beings and children and uh, the concept and, and tying in um, anti-racist, anti-bias, social justice, education, all those things. What water teaches us when we think of those um, educational pedagogies is time is important, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That we can't rush something. You know, what we know geographic. Uh, um, not geographically, geolo uh, geologically, mm -hmm. so the science of ge geology, that water carved out all the, it took time for water to carve out all the rivers, um, all the lakes, all the, the holes and some stones and some, um, and in, into big rocks that give us beautiful landscapes now. And it reminds us that over time and persistence, we can achieve something beautiful and something greater than ourselves. And so when you are practicing um, social justice education, just realize, and we always talk about it in the metaphor of it being a marathon, not a track meet. Mm -hmm. But in this case, the metaphor is be like water, be persistent, keep going at it, finding ways to adapt, to be fluid, to be flexible. Um, so that way you do erode those paradigms of white supremacy and racism. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time. And the more that we all do it together, the more like that collective wave that can really chip away at that, um, at, at those uh, systems of oppression. You know, and as you said that, and I'm thinking about something, because um, I was talking to a mayor who was on a previous, a couple of previous episodes um, with us, just about rest mm -hmm. and that stillness that water can sometimes find itself just kind of waiting in. Also make sure that, especially if you are a voice of color, right, a person of color, to find that rest. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about in terms of um, not just looking at, just looking at the resources of water, right? Because just like food play, in, in our teachings, I also want to teach that water is a finite and it's a precious resource, mm -hmm. right? And so are we as people of color. Um, 
and you know, you can even just go down to Flint, Michigan, you go down Jackson, Mississippi, you can look at the Colorado River, right? It is finite, it is a precious resources. And water is so dope. You can have it for pouring, you can have it for scrubbing, squirting, stirring, um, squeezing activities with young children as well as with yourself, because that's that's healing in itself. Um, and it's, you know, of course, great for fine motor skills and hand-eye coordination. Um, but make sure that, that that reciprocity and you're allowing it to fill up your body um, in hydrating and in, in, in all that other fun stuff in between yeah. that, that I'm and, losing. And, and I think what you're saying, too, is making sure that um, that we're imploring on children that that water is sacred, right? That it can go away. And we're seeing that in those examples that you talked about. Like there's that millions of people, I think somebody told me that only 3% of the water on earth right now is drinkable. Mm. 3% of That's the wild. whole earth. And so if we're, you know, if you are pouring water into your sensory table and children, you know, like sometimes they want to see what happens when they transfer it from out of the sensory table onto the ground and spill it out. We got to impart on children um, the the paradigms of conservationism. Like, hey, you're using all that water. I'm not going to fill this tub back up because now it's all gone. You know, water is important. We can use it to play with now, um, but we if we want to keep using it and being in relationship with it through our play, then we got to make sure it stays here, right? And that we take and part of taking care of it means that we are supporting its its in its existence um as we're in relationship with it and i think that's what you were getting at with like food play right we don't want to impart lessons that that water and or food is just indispensable uh, that it's dispensable and they, it'll always come back right mm -hmm. and i know that that's something that i wrestle with in my own mind and in, in being with children up here in the pacific northwest that's known for just having abundance of water mm. What, uh, even though we haven't had rain for the last several months. So that's a telltale, like telltelling sign that there's something going on and we need to put on a different lens of how we're um, being in relationship with the environment. Because as we all know, this is all just connected together. Exactly. Racial justice is environmental justice, is reproductive justice, is immigration justice. It's food justice, right? And like we said, food is a gift and so is water. So what does stewardship of not just land, because that's what we typically think of, um, but not just food, but what does stewardship of water look like in practice with young children, with families? How are we recognizing colonized narratives or approaches to food, to water, to land? And then not just like, oh, hey, I'm recognizing it and, and oh, great, check, but then pushing back on it. Um, you know, I'm re just reconnecting to the art of storytelling. Like what's the significance of what we're eating? What's the significance of what we're drinking? Um, and it just reminds me of another presentation that we did for the ICYF, the Indigenous Children, Youth, Families Conference here in the state of Washington. And we talked a lot about, you know, and we gave these prompt, if water is a dot, 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 right? And I think that prompt was, like in what ways do you teach, treat, or, or even view water as an economic good? And then another prompt that we had was water gives us dot, dot, dot. And I think we talked about how it was an opportunity to steward resource sharing. 
And then even further, we talked about what does stewardship of water look like in our collective community? And then lastly, water invites us to dot, dot, dot. So think about that. If water is a dot, 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 if water gives us dot, 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 water invites us to dot, 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 right? Fill that, fill that in. Think about what, what that could mean for you and your practice. So to wrap up today, right? It's a short, let's, let's just do a short one, right? It's early. Well, I think this is <laughs> what we've always tried to aim to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just maybe getting a little better at it. Uh, how, my last question is, how do we allow water to be the teacher, right? And I, that stems from what we talk about as the environment, as the third teacher. So how do we allow water to be the, to be the teacher, to be the educator? Yeah. Um, I, I'll go back to like what I, what I had said earlier, um, you know, just stopping, pausing and just like being, I think listening, right. And that's what water encourages, encourages us to do is to stop, pause and just reflect and, and just listen and really allow allow water to be an example of of time um of what time can look like it can be something that is um, persistence and that has that carries power in numbers it can or i guess that would be water carrying power in numbers but again that the the, the aspect of time i think just comes to my mind and my heart and I'm having a hard time finding words for it, but allowing water to to influence how we perceive time. Mm. I how do we allow water to be? It's always hard when I ask the questions, and I'm like, oh wait, how would I answer <laughs> that? Um, I for me, what's coming up for me is trauma informed nutrition. So how are we allowing, well, just background, right? Trauma-informed nutrition really acknowledges the role that ACEs, um, adverse childhood experiences, and really other forms of adversity, adversity plays in a person's life. How, um, and how are we recognizing the symptoms of trauma and how are we promoting resiliency through the use of nutrition, right? Not just unhealthy dietary habits, um, or poor health outcomes, but also, you know, through through the use of, of water. And, and so how are we allowing water to pour over us? How are we reframing what water is and what it does and the benefits of it, not just the nourishment of our bodies and like, because you know how what dehydration can do to your brain and things like that. But how is it also nourishing our spirits? How is it feeding our souls? And so I just wonder about what are some, some practices from people's culture that we can embed to allow water to take uh, prominence in our in our in our world to 
to show the circle of life. I was watching Lion King the other day. Um, <laughs> and to say that we all come from the water and we'll eventually turn back into the water. I know in my culture, we say, you know, we all come from dirt and we'll, we'll return to dirt, but dirt, what's essential to dirt? Water. What's essential to, to livelihood? That's water. So how are we using though that's, and it goes back to what I was talking about, the spiritual aspect of it, which is different from religion. Once again, how are we allowing the spiritual practices to wash over us, to cleanse us, to heal us, um, to sustain us? Yeah. And um, you're reminding me that we can impart um, selfless thinking with children in that sort of spiritual with that spiritual lens by, you know, when you're at the sensory table with with a child and you're like just wondering and, and talking out loud about those those gifts that water gives us. Right. Like, wow, I'm very thankful for this water on a hot day that we can put our hands into it and it can cool down our bodies and keep mm. us healthy and strong. Or like, wow, I'm glad that this water really helped clean this cut on your hand, you know, um, and even saying like a nice blessing to, to the water before serving it to the children, um, speaking to, you know, speaking to the water, giving thanks to it models a, an appreciation for these things that we often just take for granted because we just assume they're always going to be there. And to one of your question, one of those reflection questions about, you know, water being an economic resource, um, what if we started talking about it as a gift, you know, in, in braiding, mm. in the book, um, great braiding sweetgrass, the author talks about gift economies and, um, market economies. And if we're always referring to water as this economic resource or this commodity, then, you know, what kind of paradigm, what kind of perception of it does it build for human beings? Whereas we think of it as a gift, something that should be gifted to us. It's, it's a gift for us to have it. Cause as you said, it's the nourishment for all livelihood. So a lot to not chew on, but a lot to drink on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to our puns. Um, well, I appreciate you having this, this conversation and, and diving into the ways water can restore us. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, y'all. Take care. Stay hydrated. <laughs>